This is The Waycast is a podcast where we recap every Star Wars episode as it's released on Disney+. This is your spoiler alert, and you have been warned. Hi, everyone. Welcome to another episode of This is The Waycast, the Obi-Wan Kenobi edition. I'm Sarah Edwards, the resident Star Wars writer at Boardwalk Times. And I'm Giovanni Delgadillo, a columnist at the Boardwalk Times. And today we're going to be talking about part five of the Obi-Wan Kenobi series. And honestly, I just finished watching the episode and that almost felt like a finale to me. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm going to have to say that really did feel more bombastic than the fourth episode. It actually kind of made the fourth episode look even more pointless because this could have <laughs> this could have been the fourth episode there was really no reason for the leia kidnapping or anything uh they could have just yeah. traced obi-wan or or reva could have manipulated leia by giving her uh or putting the tracer in lola and then this could have been the fourth episode and this that would have made the show shorter but i think if you if you don't have like the time to flesh out a story for six episodes and you just throw in a filler one why would you waste time doing that at all so yeah this was definitely like it made up for it with a bunch of bombastic epic stuff so yeah pretty yeah this episode was full of character development we got more development for reva i feel like we got even more for vader and anakin like leia was a a side character in this one It, it was all about the jedi in this episode yeah, and the Jedi, we get to see uh, fine additions to Grievous's collection. We get to see <laughs> that giant pile of lightsabers, which I assume that they keep so that the Jedi can be more anonymous. It's like, I'd rather not have this thing that'll immediately give me away. And then yeah. you see this uh, giant wall full of Aravesh, which people have translated, of course. And most of it is just may the force be with you cut off. And then there's a don't let the light fade or something like that or the light fades when we're still here stuff like that and i I was trying to see if i could recognize any of the lightsabers yeah i don't even (laughs) like i wanted to say oh that looks like so and so i mean one of them even looks like darth maul so it's like that wouldn't (laughs) make any sense in this it just yeah whatever they're just props so but still uh i think the path was done a little bit more interestingly in this even though there's still just another uh rebellion that that the empire gets to shoot up which is exactly what you see so that's actually one of the weaker things in the episode uh the yeah the action scenes that weren't lightsaber related well not lightsaber like lightsaber on lightsaber related looked really bad like 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 i could not tell what was going on whenever the empire storms the base and like shooting everyone because like so much shaky cam like some people yeah. said it was over edited and I don't think that's the problem at all because I thought the cuts were not that fast. It was just like the camera was moving from left to right so quickly that I'm like, what, what is going on? It was on? also like, so dark. Yes, that too. So that didn't help at all. And I was like, okay, it's like in the same episode, you have some of the coolest lightsaber fights we've ever seen. And then that, like, what? what? Yeah, I do want to go right into those lightsaber duels. We thought we weren't really going to get to see any more of Hayden Christensen. And then we just get little bursts of him throughout the whole episode. And he looked so good. I'm surprised they didn't DH him. The Literally, yeah. the second he turned around, I was like, whoa, this dude looks old. But I wasn't like... I wasn't <laughs> His like... voice is probably the only thing that, like, oh, yeah, he worked on. Same. 
I heard him in interviews and I was like, wow, his voice got deep. You know, it completely slipped my mind that he is much older now, but that that's probably like the one thing they worked on. Whereas with Obi-Wan, like you can also tell that, Hey, this man is also old, but he kind of also just makes his voice a little bit higher. Like when he was younger. Yeah, exactly. And you're right. I think they did the same thing with Hayden because people I've listened to the interviews. I mean, he sounds so much like Matt Lanter's version of Anakin. At yeah. this point. It's like, Oh, wow. I mean, I always noticed that when I was younger, that Matt Lanter, even though he's not copying Hayden's voice, he was copying his like, cadence is uh his tone i guess Mm -hmm. not like literal voice tone but more of like how he spoke so i find that really interesting that now all these years later it feels like that's like uh fulfilled because hayden does sound like that for real so yeah i I was honestly really surprised at that and not only that hayden's skills with the lightsaber have not faded whatsoever like you could tell he was super fast like that kind of surprised me Uh, it was one of the better like choreographed fights we've seen in a while because he's like spinning around doing all these crazy uh things that he did in the prequels like a lot of the moves you could tell were inspired by the prequels and then of course there is a reference to luke skywalker in the move where anakin is you know slamming down on obi-wan which he did all the way back in episode three uh, yeah. of this show, or part three, I guess. He did the same thing to beat Obi-Wan. He was just slamming him down. Obi-Wan's on the floor. But this time, Obi-Wan uses this disadvantage. He's thinking about how Anakin used to be through the lens of this fight, which, I mean, if you've watched The Clone Wars, you would know that that's literally the entire Anakin <laughs> story is he's always finding really creative, wacky ways to win, even if they're like, very intense or like he has to sacrifice a lot he always finds a a weird way to win but obi-wan's like well what about you know finding another alternative way to have less you know problems and whatever because anakin's like haha i've taken your lightsaber i win and then obviously (laughs) obi-wan so i guess we should talk about reva because she also got a huge character change in this episode where they explain like pretty much everything about her all at once that kind of surprised me because it it was essentially what people had predicted but in a good way like not only is she actually like her own thing now she doesn't really feel like a rip-off second sister anymore no not at all she's definitely now like her own character with Mm -hmm. her own storyline which I really enjoyed and I kind of like that we got to see a little more of her emotion too how she's like she's kind of admitting like you're right I'm not one of the other inquisitors i'm not like them and i'm not trying to be like them and then she even tells him that the reason she's been trying to get so close to vader is to kill him and i'm like haha mm-hmm. good luck with that and then, and then yeah ex- anytime someone says that i'm just like okay nice try like unfortunately it, we know yeah. how this is gonna go yeah and, and it was really funny how it actually went because i'm like dang i was kind of hoping she'd listen to kenobi's advice and wait till a good time for both of them to strike. And instead, she got really impatient and thought, he's out here all alone. No one's going to see me do this. She thought she could get him like the Grand Inquisitor. And then the Grand Inquisitor walks in. Hello. That was so funny because people clip that, the part where he says hello, and it just sounds funny him saying hello on its own and just walking from out of frame. Like that was, for me, that was such a boss moment. Like not only... Did we get this amazing Vader Force Unleashed pulling a chip out of the sky thing? Like, that's straight out of the Force Unleashed. And then he rips it apart, rips it to shreds, just like in Jedi Fallen Order when he's ripping the base to shreds. He he then 
you know, Riva's like, haha, I will kill you. He blocks her lightsaber using the force from behind him, then toys with her. She even tries to outsmart him by going for his legs. She like gets low and he still wins because yeah. he's just like toying with her the whole time. He even gives her a chance by splitting her lightsaber in half. Like the whole thing was like every trick that she had, he was like, I don't care. And it, <laughs> and it shows you how weak Kanan and Ezra were in Rebel yeah. Season One against the grand inquisitor because it took them a long time to actually defeat him um yeah and vader is just out here throwing around reva like a toy so it's like all of her tricks are nothing to him so that makes me think that the grand inquisitor would also be like no threat to vader whatsoever but but the grand inquisitor goodbye grand inquisitor (laughs) that was a dramatic exit but it's it's always hard for me to watch any scene where somebody's like i'm gonna take down vader because it's just like are you like yeah yeah uh, every they do i feel like they do this a lot where it's like yeah we're gonna make them think like yeah they're gonna get vader but it's like you're not gonna win like i'm sorry but you're not gonna win so i always just kind of like do a mini eye roll where it's like okay here we go it, it was just, it's so funny. It's hilarious. I mentioned the Force Unleashed. At the end of the, both games, actually, you're supposed to fight Vader and defeat him, and you sort of do. Um, it's kind of ridiculous, but then, but then this is the opposite. It's like, nah, Vader is undefeated. Like, oh, and then, of course, on the topic of Anakin, we actually get to see snippets of Order 66 through Reva's eyes, and that was yeah. very... Uh, whoa i i heard that there's a disclaimer in front of this episode i didn't get to see the disclaimer Um, i didn't either yeah but apparently there's a disclaimer in this episode just like there was for the first one and it's like you literally see him like actually doing what he was doing in episode three (laughs) i was like okay you know killing you i do love the little like flashbacks between like reva's eyes and then young reva's eyes when vader's about to kill her and I like how we get glimpses of Hayden Christensen's face and then Vader's mask. Like, I love the the little parallels and the jumps back and forth. Um, but yeah, it like I said, anytime I watch episodes like these, it's like, good luck just trying to defeat, defeat Vader. That's not going to happen. Yeah, no, no, not at all. And I mean, look at how they try to defeat the Empire by basically just standing like no cover standing in front of this base just trying to delay them from getting to the Poor ships scared people yeah. who probably never shot blasters before i mean my boy roken had a wookie crossbow so that's a pretty cool i guess he, he was you know taking them out but oh the giant like cannon that the empire is using to blast open the door before reva just cut it open after you know talking a little bit to obi-wan that looked like if i'm not mistaken maybe i'm wrong completely it reminded me of the cannons from some of the old games maybe they've been in canon before Mm. um but when i was playing jedi outpost jedi outpost jedi outcast i swear that's one of the cannons in the opening base of the game so i was like as soon as i saw it i was like haha recognizable but i have (laughs) no idea uh maybe i'm just completely wrong but they do like to reference obscure stuff in these shows and they That's they true. do at the end of the episode they or not at the end but when obi-wan reads the arabesh some of those names aren't like famous names but they're like mm-hmm. obscure characters um from the video games even one of them was a video game but like super old so only true cool. fans will know yeah the truest of the true <laughs> some people were actually making fun of that they're like these oh i can't wait for arabesh uh 
people uh, readers to find out that that random character 55 is still alive like <laughs> yeah so it's pretty cool <laughs> i feel like these shows are definitely getting to the point where they're just very niche and like if you haven't seen clone wars or haven't seen bad batch or the prequels are even read into some of the books then they're just going to be entertainment like i thought the the scenes between anakin and obi-wan uh fighting in the temple were kind of a nice like promotion for the book brotherhood that i believe mike chen just wrote that just came out um but it's basically supposed to look a little further into the relationship that anakin and obi-wan had while anakin was a padawan and so i felt like that was a nice like hey if you want a little more of this you should go read this book that just came out and i definitely want to go read it i just haven't had a chance to go to barnes and noble to buy it but I, I do like how there are little like intros to books. Like the whole Kenobi show was based off of um, the one book that came out a long time ago, just called Kenobi. Uh, and it's very different from that book in that, you know, that book kind of follows the people of Anchor Anchorage, I think it is. Um, they follow the people of Anchorage and Ben is kind of just a, a lurker who's in and out. So it's a very interesting take. Yeah, because now Ben just lives in a cave. So <laughs> pretty dope cave though. Yeah, it's a cool cave. And he's got his Jawa friend and the little, you know, droid detector thingy that tells mm -hmm. him whenever people have infiltrated. But yeah, it's interesting because you you mentioned earlier, Leia's kind of a side character in this. And I found it really funny that she uh fixes Lola without even thinking about it. Like, oh, right? you're a restraining bolt. It's like hmm, she didn't notice this before. Yeah, it's it's not just that. I found it hilarious that uh she she fixes lola and doesn't even question it it's like hmm maybe you were the tracker all along or hmm, maybe <laughs> but she's like oh okay cool and then she just fixes her and it was funny too because she didn't even realize lola was missing this whole time she just sees her oh hey what's up and then yeah. <laughs> and then we you know get the little fixed scenes that was funny and then seeing haja again that, that made me great. think why didn't haja just lead them himself he said he was gonna buy them time when he went to confront reva but that was like right bro you you did not you, you were you didn't not do anything yeah no an inquisitor like who do you think you are you literally you said in this episode he's like hmm, i like this fake jedi stuff because it's like <sighs> what dude really and then of course he says there's financial opportunity here it's like okay whatever like yeah, yeah like right. financial how like you these people do not really have any more money to spend on you <laughs> but yeah that was cool it's like kind of like a coming together because we get everyone and then obviously we've mentioned the fight between hayden and uh ewan it was just like really cool to see that again i think that's what they were referring to when they said that they had to revisit a lot of their old moves mm -hmm. and, and how they you know had muscle memory so that makes me wonder if the inevitable rematch in the finale obviously obi-wan is going to win the same way he won this episode except you know with the lightsaber duel yeah um but i'm wondering if like the choreography there is going to be just as involved and i remember moses ingram said that she had practiced a lot mm -hmm. um but we, we haven't really seen her do much except for this episode where she fights vader and gets completely yeah. demolished so it's like that makes me wonder if if there was supposed to be more Inquisitor fights at one point and they lowered the amount, I don't know. It could be just nothing. And, and then she just trained so that if she had an action scene, um, which she did, she would be ready. I just, um, I just cannot believe that it, it's funny. These 
all these shows and stuff have somehow made the villains like super interesting because when the grand inquisitor walked in i was like not shocked at all but but the way he acted i was like yeah this is the grand inquisitor i expected like he's he's very much the manipulator like deception guy from oh yeah Rebels. and and seeing him hang around vader like their best buds like that was the other thing they were using reva the whole time like they, they just make the villains yeah. look like way smarter than everyone like and then vader doesn't get nerfed whatsoever in any of these properties so it's just like he's just here going ham and then he then he has to big reveal at the end like haha i've been using you this whole time lol yeah. it's like they... this did make me think though I was thinking as I was watching the episode is we haven't seen anything of the emperor this entire time. You're like, right. this is all complete. This isn't, this isn't empire business. This is just Vader business. He's just using all of the empire's resources. Cause I saw an interview the other day where the actor who played Palpatine was narrating a bunch of lines and like making a joke response as to how Palpatine came back. And, um, and so it was really funny to just see him in the interview, but that made me realize like the emperor has no hand in this. Like, it's it, this is all just vader's doing he's just using empire resources and nobody really knows about it and it's funny you mentioned that because i kind of vaguely remember ian mcdermott teasing that he would be in an upcoming star wars property could that have been yeah. bad batch instead because people thought he was going to show up in this like as like a scene where exactly what you're talking about he talked to vader like through a hologram or something and that would make sense but now because he teased this. This wasn't like a, haha, I'm going to be in whatever. It was more of like a, I, you may see me in something else. <laughs> kind of teasy, like, yeah. I'm not done yet. Which, you know what? I think I may be right in switching. He could be in the finale. We'd never know, obviously. But he was in the Bad Batch trailer. And he may have spoken, and that may have been Sam Witwer. I'll have to go rewatch it. But if it wasn't him, um, he was recently in rebels believe it or not they went hmm. back to the previous seasons and replaced sam Witwer's voice work with ian mcdermott's um oh, wow. this was after they had hired him to return for rise of skywalker i'm surprised they just didn't do that before if you can get james earl jones yeah. to play vader in an animated series you can totally 90 get year old james earl jones yes. who's definitely retired but like not from star wars ever exactly so it's like i, I found that really fascinating so I wonder if that's the case, but either way, we, there's still one episode left. So still some, thing, some things unfulfilled, including a plot line I didn't see coming whatsoever. Um, and I, I wonder how interesting this will be. So it's clear that Reva is still alive. I'm yeah. kind of surprised they didn't just completely kill her off. And I don't mean the writers. I mean, Vader and the Grand Inquisitor. Like, it's yeah. obvious that the writers wanted more to do with her, but they wanted Vader to win. So it's like, okay, we're going to like not kill her because he's doing the, the Dooku stance. He has the two sabers. And yeah. He's ready to, but he doesn't, he doesn't go for it, I guess. He just wanted the, the final punch of Grand Inquisitor coming in and being like, what's up? And then I live. <laughs> and yeah, uh, I really want, I really hope that they don't kill Reva in the last episode. Like, I kind of hope that she gets healed in some way. I don't know. And then she just goes off and tries to help other younglings. Because as far as we know, Vader thinks she's dead. So that that's like her perfect ability to just put put everything with uh, the Inquisitors behind her. 
go find some foreign sensitive people. She, maybe there's a possibility that she becomes part of Fallen Order where she just kind of joins their cause. That could be really interesting. And then she joins, she can still live on somewhere else. I don't know. I just hope that this isn't the last we see of her. It's funny you mentioned Fallen Order because I think, I don't know if I've mentioned before that the new game takes place at the same time as this show. Oh. Uh, obviously they haven't crossed over and I don't think there's any need to. They're just in like yeah. the same time period-ish, which I think is like, yeah, 10 years after Revenge of the Sith, because the first game was only five years after. And um, yeah, it's been five years since the first game uh, in timeline. So I think maybe that would be a possibility because Second Sister's gone and yeah. the Inquisitors are still around. And the Grand Inquisitors, we've been saying for a while, he'd be, he'd be a cool adversary to fight in Jedi Survivor. Um, so... It'd be interesting to see her be like an ally and then not reveal that she was an inquisitor in her past. But the storyline that they're setting up with Luke is pretty interesting because not only did she know Anakin was Vader from personal experience, now because of a very convenient hologram drop, she knows that mm -hmm. Luke is uh, probably related to Anakin and he's on Tatooine. Yeah, and that message gave a lot away. And so it's like, are you gonna like what are you gonna do with that information that's my so. thing is like what can she do because i mean we figure out like darth vader eventually figures out that luke is his son like uh episode five is all him realizing like yeah that's anakin skywalker's son aka my son so like what what can she really do with that information and or maybe she's just gonna go and just try and kill luke just to get back at obi-wan i don't know i i it, I'm really confused as to like where they're taking this and why they're going to Tatooine. Like, I, I have I, a hunch. Um, I have a hunch, and I'm pretty sure because of New Hope, we already know that Luke is obviously not gonna die or anything, so it's kind of yeah. like pointless. But I think she thinks that killing Luke will prevent another Vader. I think that's mm. her motivation because she hates Vader so much that any like any of his children to her are like a threat and she has no idea that leia wait no she should yeah, have she an does. idea about yeah, leia she does yeah because yeah she's like, oh yeah i saw the archives and the whatever so and yeah, you know bail yeah. is saying like i hope you two are safe she knows that bail is talking to obi-wan and obi-wan is rescuing leia so she definitely at least knows something yeah, about yeah, leia yeah. that's right or it's maybe luke she is the hidden one or maybe it, she hasn't identified that leia is related to darth vader but that she's not actually the organa's daughter i um i, I don't remember because she says that she only knew about like obi-wan and bale's connection yeah because of the archives it's the only thing we know that she knows because otherwise she has no idea about um or she she only knows anakin is vader because of his march through the temple in order 66 but she doesn't mm -hmm. tell anyone because literally obi-wan says word for word just like the star wars fans were saying how would you know that isn't like one of the best like wouldn't he want to keep that a secret yeah and then, and then she's like oh yeah it's a secret all right but i was there it's like oh wow okay um yeah <laughs> that's uh traumatizing but okay yeah so i did yeah. like the um the interaction that they both had where reva's starting to pull out her anger like why didn't you stop him where were you and you know i just because i haven't seen episode three in a while i was like yeah where was he but then it was like he was fighting grievous he was he was distracted from the plan the entire time. Like he was out of the way. 
That's right. And then he comes back way later with Yoda and they kill a bunch of clones. And I don't know if you know that there was a deleted scene in Revenge of the Sith where they arrive. And this is in the Lego game, funny enough, mm-hmm. in, in Complete Saga. They arrive and there's these clones. They're wearing the armor, but they have these Jedi cloaks on and they're pretending to be. And it's the most hilarious thing ever and that's why it was deleted i've seen that deleted you've scene. seen it yeah. yeah it's so dumb and I'm they so really they thought they the were game. so sneaky yeah it's, it's like look they've been you guys look the same it's so dumb and uh. uh i guess okay onto the things that in this episode that just did not work i think the luke thing is going to be kind of like whatever in the final episode because the main conflict yeah. is going to be vader and obi-wan but <laughs> The Tala death scene made me laugh. It was really, it was so over dramatic. Like the slow motion and everything, I thought was too much. It was too much. I was like, this is like, I feel like she just wasn't given enough time. Yeah, no, no, really bond with her because you know, the via they're making it so dramatic. And I feel like I'm supposed to be sad that she's about to die, but we only had just met her in uh, two episodes ago, and even then, like. It, it it's hard to just connect with her and who she's trying to be so it's just kind of like okay yeah i like the loader though the loader was funny like yeah like it's like no he's like k2so again yeah. he's blocking all the shots and, protecting ah, her and, and he doesn't talk yeah. ah. that was that was i was like dang and then then she uses the yeah. thermal detonator i think it would have been more like sad and like shocking even if she had just locked Obi-Wan out and then immediately blown herself up without any of the slow-mo and overdramatic, like, like cutting, just have her mm-hmm. do it really quickly. Kind of like Rogue One, how some of the characters die in Rogue One. It's yeah, like, how it was just so abrupt. Yeah, it's like like a Bodhi Rook when he's in the ship and he just sees a grenade and it's like, oh, oops. And then he just yeah. blows up. So it would have made it more like, feel like, oh, this is war instead of like, Oh, characters yeah. that I've only known for like 20 minutes. Oh, at least oh, it wasn't Wade. Rogue One just gets me every, every every time I think about it. I'm just like, oh. yeah, no, Rogue One. That, that, that movie just that's one of my favorite like non trilogy movies. It's just, oh. yeah, yeah. See, the, those vibes that's what I was trying to see. Like, they didn't really recapture that with this because they could have, because yeah. Tala's a newish character. She's, you know, Rebel S. But I feel like because they made it so over dramatic, it just kind of doesn't work. And uh, because Obi Wan's only known her for like a little bit, and he's acting all like, Ooh. it's like you would have thought he would have just seen Satine die, and then, and then when that happens, he yeah. holds back. Like I really like, want to know why. Speaking of Satine, I really want to know why they had us rewatch the episodes with Satine when they were creating like an essential Obi Wan list. Because usually all of like those lists always include episodes where like this is something you need to know. And I feel like that's just not important right now. Like it, maybe the last episode will get a little snippet or something, but I, I don't see the significance as to why they said you should watch these. This will be important. Like unless it was just like this just develops Obi-Wan's character. I think that's exactly why. And yeah. also that was the Star Wars UK account, right? They yeah. tend to not post the same things as the U.S. account. The U.S.-based account, or like the global account, I guess you could call it. That one yeah. is more of like, I guess, the more essential stuff. Because they didn't post that at all. So I'm like, hmm, that is pretty suspicious. Jesus. And I think you're right that they uh, they only posted that to say, 
here's obi-wan's character arc up until now so that you can catch up if you haven't watched clone wars and it's like mm-hmm. okay that makes sense because not every single episode where obi-wan is in the clone wars is like vital to his character well unless yeah. you want to see sassy obi-wan and and obi-wan fake surrenders <laughs> and protects people because he always did that in clone wars like like that one part uh this was in the battle of christosis i think it's in the movie even mm-hmm. where he goes and stalls by having tea with the enemy commander <laughs> that was Classic so funny sass. yeah like that's yeah that's obi-wan and he does the yeah. same thing here by faking his surrender and like oh hello there like well nothing wrong here <laughs> and then he tells reva his plan and then of course she's like oh no me won't kill vader now and he's like okay you're whatever just help me a little bit yeah and then oh and then the, the ship fake out i thought that was really interesting because i i predicted that based on the fact that we didn't see any interior shots of people screaming whenever vader was pulling the ship down i'm like yeah yeah it's a fake out but but then the ship just kind of coming out from behind the other one i was like wait a minute what? They hide it yeah. yeah like what i guess it was there the whole time i just whatever that was really interesting to me that they wasted an entire ship just to troll vader it's like uh-huh i mean i would too if i had the chance like that's your only escape that one was already kind of falling apart i think oh yeah and then the next one doesn't even have a hyperdrive so they're totally gonna get caught but he only yeah. wants obi-wan so hopefully and i think that's how massacred. they i think that's how they kind of like how they kind of kept it going because you know we forgot that um you know like i said earlier in the episode we figured that this episode really felt like a finale except in the ending that they still have like they're behind us and they were showing luke so like it's a very very small cliffhanger of like here's what's gonna happen so i don't know i I just don't know what to expect for the last episode i feel like usually we have a good setup for what's gonna happen but it, this whole show has just kind of felt like walking through some fog, honestly. I think based on concept art, uh, we know that the final duel isn't going to take place on a ship. But mm-hmm. if it is, so be it, I guess. But from what I understand, Mustafar is supposed to be like the last big location that they show on this show. And so far, every planet that they visited, they visit more than once, like in the show, like not like characters literally going there, but We've seen Alderaan, we've seen Tatooine, we've seen uh, Dayu, we've seen um, uh, Fortress Inquisitorious, and uh, I think that those are all the main ones, and so mm-hmm. now we're just missing, oh, and Javim, obviously. Yeah. Uh, now we're just missing that, uh, Mustafar. They have only shown it, like, once with Vader, and then a few flashes where Obi-Wan and Vader intercut. So I really like that, and I really like that this episode was built entirely around a duel they had training which something i noticed that room i think is the exact same room revo and the i was gonna say yeah i'm pretty sure it was just a reuse set uh, obviously but the exterior shots that were probably either volume or blue screen or green screen or whatever that was like hmm that looked very like hmm they could i mean it makes a good uh, training room it's a beautiful training room. yeah yeah it's just like the parallels between <laughs> this is where these two are training and then this is where they got attacked during Order 66. Yeah. But yeah, it's um, it's interesting. Uh, <laughs> oh, and then we get to see more of the live action actual clones with the real armor, which is mm-hmm. cool because they were also in the, the opening scene in Order 66. So yeah, it's a lot of cool stuff in terms of flashbacks. And I'm really glad we got to see that old school prequel fighting again that we've kind of been missing recently so 
hopefully this finale you know delivers um for now though oh yeah and i guess i should address this because people are complaining about it they're complaining that they're not using the original themes that john williams wrote like at all except for obi-wan since it's new because vader like i know here's the thing i know that every single thing has a motif in this Uh because they've played them all through the episodes but they're they're like proto motifs from the rest of the franchise and uh, composer natalie holt has gone on record to say that she didn't want to just use them over and over which i'm like confused as to why someone pointed out um i think it was frank lamont he is the like star wars motif expert he was saying mm-hmm. that, that like well why would john williams reference the imperial march like 50 times in revenge of the sith um and it not be like overindulgent for you to use it yeah. here because she's using like the imperial motif from a new hope but even then it's not that it's like a almost that so i, I kind of like it though like i like the newness to it because she, she natalie holt's using a lot of very like bold and intense um like drum work and horns but she's using like original motifs with like a little bit of her own twist at it and honestly i kind of like it because you know obviously we don't want just recreations of the original trilogy we don't just want like a exact copy paste remake so and i feel like the music it has to be the same way so i really kind of enjoy that i don't know why people are complaining about it because it's like well we don't want copy paste then what's new about it yeah yeah that's the thing it's like it makes me think that she's saving the actual like big motifs for the finale which would make sense um because that's like oh this is where everything comes to a head because it's like the force theme hasn't been there very often obi-wan's theme is very much a riff on the force theme which yeah. makes sense because he's a main jedi character the force theme was originally his theme until george lucas said i, I want it to be playing this scene so yeah. yeah it's pretty interesting to me that she's holding that back but something tells you that being the finale because uh otherwise we have reva's theme of mm-hmm. sorts like the inquisitor theme and then we have um obi-wan which was written by john williams and then she has a new vader theme which is built upon the imperial march i can tell but um yeah pretty interesting that the music has gone controversial all of a sudden i mean it's not like the show isn't controversial in general but that was one element that like big star wars fans who aren't like super toxic were disappointed in yeah and i'm like okay well whatever it's she's gonna do really good on loki season two anyway so it's Mm -hmm. like star wars maybe she just want to do something different and the fans are vibing with it like they did with mando which ironically kind of hard because they're is kind of hard because they are trying to mold like they're trying to like fill in holes and pieces of storylines that already exist and that's really hard to do especially when you know you're trying to also introduce these new characters you're trying to introduce these new storylines so it's really difficult, um, but like I agree that a lot, some of these episodes and some of these shows in general have kind of fallen a little flat, but I have a feeling like I'm hoping that eventually like when we start breaking away from the Skywalker saga or just start for- going into more like under talked about things like Rebels and Ahsoka, that that's when things start to pick back up again. And it's a good thing we're mentioning this. So this is a recent Star Wars news. Taika Waititi um we've known that he's going to direct a movie but he came out and straight up said i do not want to make anything connected because it's going to be boring i want to do something completely out there and new for star wars and i'm like go for it yeah i saw a lot of people were kind of like disappointed in that but it's it's about time that we start breaking away from that 
from the Skywalker saga. And yeah, I mean, it's time. Like, yes, it's exciting whenever we get to see new characters and see what they've been up to. But we do have to start breaking, cutting that cord and exploring new parts of the galaxy. So I'm glad that Taika Waititi, which, you know, I'm not surprised that he's the one who's doing it. But I'm glad that he's like, yeah, you guys want this. I'm not doing that. Sorry. Yeah, we'll see where that goes because I am excited <laughs> for it. And um, I guess there there is news about other Star Wars related people, but it's not actually Star Wars related. So I'd rather yeah. keep that for later. But yeah, this was um pretty good setup for the finale. I am excited to see them fight again, Vader and Obi-Wan. I hope it pays off. And uh, yeah. this series will definitely be one that's, controversial for a while but it's oh yeah cool. I, feel, I have a feeling it'll be appreciated much later on yeah or There's or like hated on even more like yeah the, true but you never know i mean book of boba fett was also like on and off people loving it and hating it so yeah but with that thanks for listening to another episode of this is the Waycast. for more star wars content head over to boardwalktimes.net and follow us on twitter instagram and facebook at boardwalk times This is The Waycast as a Boardwalk Times production produced and edited by me and Giovanni Delgadillo and music by Kevin McLeod.